Welcome to the weekly Mission Red Bank podcast, helping the body of Christ build itself up together in love. So as we've walked through the Gospel of Matthew over these past few months, Father Al has recently led us through most of chapter 13, where Jesus sits down in a boat and he teaches a large crowd with short picture stories called parables. And later, as Jesus walks toward his hometown called Nazareth, he explains some of these parables to his disciples. But can you imagine with me what such a homecoming like this might feel like? So this morning, I want us to put on our imagination hat, as we often tell our children. Um, So try and imagine with me this morning. Imagine you grew up here in Red Bank. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But imagine that with me. And that you grew up with a young boy named Joshua. He was someone in your neighborhood that you raced, you played tag with, and maybe even ate at his family's table every so often. Essentially, he was just another one of your ordinary friends. And as time passed, you went to school together, you played together, you learned his likes and his dislikes as often as friends do And you also got to know his family. His dad, Joseph, was a local contractor. And his mother, Mary, well, she worked diligently in their home and in the garden. Both you and Joshua, you eventually learned a skill or trade that was your mom's or your dad's. And one time, Joshua and his dad, Joseph, they even came and built an addition onto your family's house. And you really liked that because you got to spend more time with Joshua. But one day, after 30 years of knowing Joshua... All of a sudden, he goes down to the Tennessee River, where there's a wild preacher man named John baptizing people in the river. So Joshua goes down, and he's baptized by John, and as soon as he comes up, he suddenly walks into the woods, and no one sees him for 40 days. Thankfully, Joshua finally returns to his hometown, but upon his arrival, he reveals himself to be the long-awaited Savior The one who would free you and literally everyone you knew from all the evil you knew in life. And after 30 years of knowing Joshua and seeing him grow up, the entire town and even yourself are a bit skeptical of what Joshua is saying. Even though the entire town is fascinated by his wisdom and his teachings. Joshua then heads to your local church and he reads from a scripture about the Messiah And he declares on that day after reading the scripture that the scripture is fulfilled right before your very eyes. The scripture that says, the spirit of the Lord is upon Joshua because God has anointed him to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to bring release to the burdened and the oppressed, and to announce that God has come in him to take action. Really? Joshua? I mean, I grew up and played with his brothers and sisters. I I knew his mom and his dad. How could Joshua from little old Red Bank come to know all of this and actually be what he says he is? While a little bit different in context, this is the scenario where we find Jesus in our gospel passage this morning. 
being rejected by the people who knew him most and who he knew most. It seems that it was impossible for the people of Nazareth to to see and to understand that the person, the very person they needed to set them free and transform their lives could actually be one of their own. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, this morning we pray you would give us the grace to see Jesus as he is. And as we see him, Lord, learn how to see one another. To be set free from false identities that we may be believing. Holy Spirit, come. And have your way. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, in an article exploring whether or not a pastor should consider pastoring in the town where they grew up, two major cons are brought up. And the first one is this whether or not the pastor has a tainted past. We all know this, this isn't a problem for Jesus. But number two is the perception that others have of the pastor. This actually is a big problem for Jesus. And because of these reasons, I'd venture to guess and that the majority, not all, but the majority of pastors serving today probably aren't serving in their own hometown. There might be a few, but there's probably, it's probably not the majority of them. And I am also one of those pastors. And it's simply because we know a lot about them and they know a lot about us. And it's hard to learn something from someone who who feels so familiar to you. It's a strange thing, but it's been around for a very long time. and, And we actually find it here in our passage this morning with Jesus. Even his own neighbors, some of his family, the people who you think should support him and understand him and know him, they could not conceive that anyone who had lived among them in Nazareth, especially a carpenter's son, had any right to speak to them as Jesus was speaking to them right now. I actually tasted a tiny bit of this rejection when I first graduated from Lee University back in 2011. After graduating, I moved back home and I first, pers- uh, first pursued two positions in churches in our local area. I knew both of the churches very well. I knew their leadership and had great relationship with them. However, they decided that they were going to hire someone else from different cities to come and pastor in those positions. Soon after, the church that I grew up in, that I had served and volunteered most of my life and where I was actually currently serving as I was looking for a job, had a position open up specifically in the area of ministry that I studied for in college. They hired someone else from across the country to come and be the pastor of that position. Now, even though I trust the Lord's guidance in these situations, I'd be lying to you if there wasn't a sting of that rejection still in my heart. And Jesus, he actually experienced this very same sting, and I think even in a heightened sense that I felt. Bishop N.T. Wright, he says this about our 
our scripture this morning regarding Jesus being rejected. He says, all right, we think, we know that families are often less tolerant of their own members than of people from outside their family or their community. We know that people are often ready to learn new things from other people, but not from their parents, children, or neighbors. But surely we think Jesus should have been different. After all, he was Jesus. He was the Son of God, the greatest teacher the world had ever known. Surely his own family and village would welcome him with open arms. But part of the whole point of the gospel is that Jesus wasn't an exception. He wasn't an exception as a human being. He was and is one of us. As John says, he came to his own And his own did not receive him. He's the boy from down the street, they said. He's the local lad, and here are his brothers and sisters still living with us. He can't be anyone special. Perhaps it requires a particular kind of humility to hear something new and challenging from someone so familiar. And that humility had somehow been lost in the people of Nazareth. You see, Jesus actually was bringing something new and challenging to all who stand listening to his teachings. He'd been teaching these kingdom lessons and parables, two of which are really important for us in our passage this morning. And that is the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great price, which we just looked at last week. The first is about someone discovering a hidden treasure in a field and that person going and selling everything that they have so they can go and buy that field and so also attain the treasure that is hidden in it. The second is about a merchant who searches for the finest pearls and upon finding the greatest pearl of all, that merchant goes and sells everything to purchase that pearl. But the people of Nazareth... They don't understand and they can't see that the hidden treasure of the kingdom, the fine pearl, these are actually Jesus. They're Jesus. The treasure of the kingdom is right in front of them, but they can't see it. Why can't they see it? I believe that it's actually because Jesus is one of them. Jesus is one of them. He's so familiar to them. They react as if what he's saying is utterly impossible and they actually get offended by him. He grew up there just like them and their judgment of him is birthed out of their own brokenness and shame. That wounded identity that is wed to their view of Jesus being so familiar to them, it won't allow them to see Jesus as something more than just another person from Nazareth. They seek to determine what he is as a what good can come out of Nazareth people. And this actually shows how the people of Nazareth have misunderstood what Moses had taught for many years before. It was in our Old Testament reading this morning. For you are a people holy to Yahweh your God. 
Yahweh your God has chosen you out of all peoples on earth to be his people, to be his treasured possession. Why would the treasure of the kingdom look like and be someone from Nazareth? Because the treasure of God is his children. So he becomes one of them. Their failure to see Jesus as the treasure of the kingdom is actually rooted in their own failure to see themselves as the treasure of God. And to miss being transformed and purified into his likeness, the ultimate miracle of God. And like them, and myself included, I believe that many of us struggle here. We all struggle against letting the insults and wounds and rejections of our past redefine us and tell us who we are. Some of these moments are like blasts that blow holes in our identity, while others are more subtle, ongoing, painful messages like the wind and the rain that slowly erode our identity and who we are. I want you to listen again to our epistle from 1 John 3. See what love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who has this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. When Christ returns, that's going to be an amazing and marvelous sight. But right now, I really want us to grasp and see what those from Nazareth could not that day. I want us to see Jesus as one of us. To see him as he is. And that he's not an exception. And when we begin to see Jesus as one of us, we also begin to see others as him. Learning to love others as he has loved us. Jesus has come as one of us to give us this new identity, to reclaim and remind us that we are God's treasured possession. And we need that reminder, we need that truth proclaimed over us because any other identity, any other idea of us that we are believing can eventually leave us blind to the face of God when he walks into the room when he walks into our midst, when he walks into the hometown of our lives. So Jesus has come to rebuild our faith, to help us remember and believe who we are by seeing him as one of us and so see one another as him. In the name of Jesus, may the truth of this break off all chains all false claims, all false identities and ideas of who we are and lead us to a humble place where we can receive and give our Father's grace to all who are made in God's image. Amen.
the call to believe that you and that others are more than those places of woundedness and rejection of your past is worth everything. It is the hidden treasure in the field. It is the fine pearl. It is worth everything. It is to see Jesus as he is, as one of us, and so transform us and purify us with his life. So this morning, see Jesus as he is and so become like him so that we may learn to love others as he has loved us. For all who have this hope in him, purify themselves just as he is pure. Amen. You've been listening to the Mission Red Bank podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Mission Red Bank or have questions about what you've heard today, you'll find us on Facebook. Grace and peace to you, and may God's blessings surround you.